0: Welcome to another episode of High Resolution. I'm Seamus Byrne. This week, I have caught up with two of the senior figures behind one of the new brands in headphones for gaming. And even when the words come out of my mouth that they're a new brand in headphones, it's not really true. They are Epos. Epos. And they have derived out of the Sennheiser gaming division and have now been spun out into their own company. Uh, All the same sort of talent, all the same technologists are behind the scenes. But we wanted to have the conversation with this team, uh, specifically with Andreas Jessen, who is Senior Director of Marketing and Product Management, and Maya Sand-Grimnitz, who is the Head of Global Marketing. And we wanted to talk about that whole idea of trying to build a new brand from scratch when you are no longer part of that Sennheiser brand, but you're sort of in this transition, and how you go and build a new reputation and build a new sense of Ownership and also a sense of legacy and a sense of uh, partnership, essentially, with the gaming community. So we decided to sort of have this catch up uh, over the internet, of course, uh, given the state of things. They're a European company. And yeah, this chat is it goes to some really interesting places around that whole idea of trying to sort of come in from scratch. But when you have that technology underpinning what you're trying to do, that, that obviously can go a long way too. But finding the right partnerships with the right eSports teams, with the right influencers, all these kinds of things are a huge part of trying to get recognized in this space, given the nature of what it means to have this relationship with your own set of gaming headphones and how important it is these days. So I'll stop rambling. We'll dive into this great conversation with Andreas and Maya. And I started off by simply asking Andreas to explain to us who EPOS is.
2: Uh, let's start with the two uh, uh, oldest companies involved in this. And so there's the Sennheiser, a German company, a German audio company, and there's a, a Dement, uh, previously known as William Dement, which is a Danish audio company uh, who has multiple brands, but the most known brand is is a hearing aid company called Oticon. Um, Back in uh, I want to say 2003, I think it was 2003. There was a, a joint venture between these two companies. We're looking into creating headsets, so that would be a headphone with a microphone on. And um, so, so that that's when a company called Sennheiser Communications was created. And that joint venture actually uh, was very successful and lived for a long time, and it was uh, was very good. Um, then uh, last year uh, it was decided to to demerge. Uh, this uh, merger, so it was a fifty-fifty percent owned stake, um, and um, it was done because there was a, a, a desire from both parent company to focus more on on some uh, core aspects of what Sennheiser Communications did, and um, you can uh, roughly divide that into three parts. Uh, so there is the mobile music, there is the enterprise, so that would be office headsets, and there is the gaming headsets. And in this demerger process, the mobile music. Uh, portfolio and focus went to uh, Sennheiser and the gaming and enterprise portfolio uh, stayed with demand and uh, is now uh, uh, you can say marketed under the Sennheiser brand uh, as, a, as a licensed deal with Sennheiser but also um, being uh, marketed as, as, uh, as EPOS branded products uh, completely owned by 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 demand, so so uh, the, the demerger was really uh, done be, uh, because of there was an increased uh, desire for focusing in the individual segments from each uh, company, and um, and um, we are today focusing on on gaming and uh, and enterprise under the EPOS brand, and uh, and seeing what we can build from our legacy at, at Sennheiser Communications, where we had. Uh, 17 years of experience uh, doing uh, gaming headsets, but uh, but how can we be even better now? How can we put even more focus into uh, to this gaming uh, product? So that also means that uh, a lot of the teams that was doing gaming before uh, is still doing gaming today. Uh, a lot of the R&D, all the R&D people are still doing the R&D for the gaming. So so in many senses, uh, we see it also very much as a um, as, as a name change uh, to EPOS uh, and, uh, and and a continued focus of what we were doing before.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And look, Maya, this one sort of might suit you then, you know, how do you approach uh, that idea of having those great, that pedigree behind you, but knowing you're kind of building a new brand uh, in a lot of ways here? You know, what do you you feel like it takes there to start to try to make sure you stake the, the reputation and the recognition, I guess, in the right ways?
3: Yeah, it's it a bit of a funny position we are in because, in one way, we are uh, rolling out a new brand, starting from scratch with EPAS. Uh, at the same time, we've been around for many, many years because uh, of of, uh, of our Sennheiser legacy. So it's the first time I'm kind of in that position with a uh, with, uh, with a with uh, a a new brand, and it, it's really exciting. I think we we uh, our, our products have been rebranded under the co branding EPAS Sennheiser. Um, the people who built the EPOS pod, uh, the Sennheiser portfolio are the same people who are moving on to building the EPOS portfolio. So, all of that good stuff that you know from the EPOS brand, um, in terms of of the trusted quality and the expertise that goes into it, will 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 bring with us into into EPOS. Um or that you know from senhe's brand will bring with us into epas as we start to launch uh the brand with products branded epas only, and that's a huge legacy to build on um and a story we're very keen to tell also to really uh calm all of our fans and and consumers that you know. This rolling out of EPAS is really all about taking our dedication to gaming and what we are able to do um, and and the value we believe we're able to provide for gamers around the world, taking that um, a level up. Because now with EPAS, we are 200% dedicated to really diving even further into what we can do um, for the gaming experience when, when it comes to audio uh so it's all about you know building on that legacy uh knowing that it's the t- same teams that were behind the Sennheiser products that now moves into the epos and then we tap into a whole new level of expertise within within audio um and and how the human perceives audio uh and and all of that with a, with our own adeptment and that story is really you know something that we are very excited to also share with everyone um, because we're so excited about audio and we have a huge passion and dedication to gaming. And now we can really um, bring that to to all the consumers and, and gamers and fans out there um, at a whole new level with the e brand.
0: Um, look, actually, I love touching on that. So let's kind of dive on a bit of that straight away, because I do want to sort of talk about, you know, I guess that focus on getting the tech right in this sort of space. Um, you know, when you talk about perception of audio um it's funny that you know i guess you've got your your big audiophile type people who get right into that but then it does seem like gaming is that other space where people who really care about it have a really clear sense of uh what matters you know in the audio and the way in which that they're hearing the different details that the different kinds of Uh, sound frequencies, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, uh, what sort of elements there are you kind of trying to make sure that you get right in this space?
2: It's a a very good point. And and every time we ask our customers, uh, what, what do you think is important when you buy a gaming headset, audio quality comes up as number one or two, and it, I think the the second step is to ask, okay, what what is great audio quality then? And then it becomes a little bit more trigger for people to put a finger on what it is. Um, there's some clear philosophies that we have in terms of getting audio right uh, that so so that we are implementing into our product. So there's there's a story about well, how should a frequency curve of a headphone be uh, to actually be specially designed for for a game? And and um and there are some some interesting. Uh, things you have to consider when developing a headphone for gaming. So for example, if you have an audio engineer working at a game developer company, he will typically mix a game audio based on a seven speaker setup. So, so, so he will adjust all the audio, adjust all the sound. So it sounds perfectly on his relatively flat seven speaker setup. Now, when we then get that audio and have to play it back in a headphone, just to give an example, we are losing some of that uh, body impact or some of that uh, power that a, a, a speaker setup has. So in order for us to give our users the same experience as the audio engineer had, we have to change slightly in the frequency curve of our headphones. Bottom line, what you can say is that we have to compensate for the lack of of actually having this body impact that you have when you listen to a speaker that you don't get when you when you have it on a, a headphone to give to give the user the same experience. So so there's a whole a whole um, uh, area of, of understanding well how does your brain uh, interprets audio because a lot of people mistakenly think that we listen to audio through our ears. that's all I mean that's 90 percent of the way there but it's our brain that, that listens to audio and that uses amongst other things your ears but also your body and and, and, and everything else to, to listen to the audio and your brain will stitch things together. so uh, so th- so there's a lot of a lot in there that that is uh, extremely important. Then we're also starting to look at at stuff like spatial awareness, and and that's again a thing where yes, uh, I mean, uh, we have a, a two ears, but but how can we listen to uh, ten different audio objects around in a room? Well, it's it's all down to how your brain take those two signals and put them together. Uh, so that 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 is stuff like a time difference between your ears, level difference between your ears. Uh, is is the audio uh, somewhat distorted uh, because it has to go around your ears? So there's a lot of cues there that that we're uh, taking from our our demand background and knowing how your brain interprets sounds and putting that into, for example, our surround sound algorithms, our surround sound technology. So that's su- that's super exciting to take what is really a. A, a, a big audio muscle in terms of R&D and in terms of understanding the brain, and then taking that technology and putting it into a surround sound uh, experience for gamers, uh, for example. And then, of course, there's there's uh, uh, the all important microphone uh, uh, quality, and and this is again just something that's increasing in importance uh, every year when we uh, when we talk to gamers. Uh, probably driven by there's more and more uh, online gaming. You're more and more playing with your friends. I mean. Uh, especially right now, it's a time where I think a lot of people is is actually getting their social uh, interaction through uh, through gaming and through talking to someone on a game. So so microphone performance just becomes even more important than it is before. And again, there there's something there about how can we make sure that that when we record your voice, it is as natural and warm as relaxed as 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 humanly possible. Uh, one thing that we've learned, for example, is that um, it, it might sound weird, but but side tone, so, so the ability to play back your own voice in your headphone is extremely important if you have a four-hour gaming session. And the reason for that is that when you're wearing a headphone, you don't naturally hear your own voice, which means that you will uh, automatically start to raise your voice uh, um, um, unconsciously. And then you've all seeing that if you've been next to a guy sitting with a headphone and talking on a phone yeah. you almost feel that he's he's uh, shouting into it and 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 that's okay if you do it for 10 minutes if you do it for four hours you'll actually feel that you, sore, your throat gets very sore uh, and and you it didn't have a nice experience or you'll feel very wasted afterwards so there's stuff like that we're looking into and how we can make the whole experience of gaming and talking to friends more relaxable more enjoyable and and more natural uh, so so that's that's super interesting
0: yeah, that, look, that's a really great rundown of sort of how all these things are fitting together for you guys. I think um, it'd be great to talk a little bit more about sort of virtual surround because I think it's something a lot of people might sort of not have a good grasp on either. And and I guess that's the difference between, you know, you're making uh, you know a precise kind of set piece of hardware on one level uh, to make sure that it delivers audio as clearly as possible. And then on the other hand um you know virtual surround it's as much as there are certain kind of industry standards it is still something that every sort of uh you know manufacturer is kind of creating you know working on their own algorithms and different aspects of trying to interpret that correctly is is that correct
2: yeah i mean that's the, if we go back in in the history of it then you can say <clears throat> dolby and dts has probably been the two. Uh, banner leaders in terms of virtual surround or, or at least being first to the market uh, with with a technology. The the standard there is is that we uh, that most games is, is mixed in a, a 7.1. Uh, I think it's Dolby that defined that setup. So they will define, OK, seven speakers and they need to be positioned like this according to the to the listener. So that's how they're mixed. So when we take that to a a headphone, we put in filters on each speaker. So we actually get all seven, actually we get all eight signals because there's a subwoofer also into the headphone. And then the headphone uh, starts to transform that into a binaural stereo. And uh, and now it becomes very hard to explain without showing and, and telling. But, but if you can imagine uh, uh, a, a, a bird is singing to the right of you. Uh, then then that song, that sound will hit your right ear a little bit before your left ear. And it will be a little bit louder in your right ear than in your left ear. And th- those are called cues. And, and, and if we know those cues, we can take that speaker that is set, uh, you know, the front right speaker. We can put a filter on that and then your brain in the headphone will interpret it as coming from there. That that is essentially how spatial audio works. And um, it's uh, it's 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 true that there's different ways of doing this. The more you know about the brain, the more you know about. What is actually affecting this because one thing is the two most important ones, and those are the ones which companies will often tell you about that is the interaural time difference, so that's the time difference of an audio between your ears and the interaural level difference this is the uh, uh level difference between your ears but if you go deeper, you'll see there's a ton of more cues that your your brain uh, uses so one is um reflections from your torso that is super important also there is a um there is a uh uh, I mean, if you look at your ears, they are shaped in a rather peculiar way, so they're kind of big to the back, and then there's nothing in the front, and that's because uh, when then when you get audio from your back, it has to go around your ear flips, and that muddles the sound a little bit, so that's how your brain uh, – that's a cue for your brain to say, okay – the audio is actually coming from the back. So there's all these things that the more you know, the more you can make these filters more uh, natural and realistic, the better a virtual surround sound you'll have. Now, one of the things, and and, and I think that's also uh, very interesting to talk about today regarding also the PlayStation 5 launch, is that when I uh, just said that, that it depends very much about the time difference from year to year and the level difference from year to year, then, of course, it also becomes uh, uh, interesting to talk about, well, um, how come we only have one algorithm then? Because if I look at uh, uh, you know 50 people out there, they don't look the same, and they don't look like they have the same dif- distance between their ears. So there's definitely something there. And what I have been able to read from from uh, from Sony is that their new 3D audio engine is actually somewhat a a, a take on how can we make uh, a virtual surround fit more more people instead of having one size fits all, maybe. What I've been able to see is that I'm trying to split it out that, okay, maybe there's more than one algorithm in there depending on your head shape and size. So so that that is probably going to be the next step in, in virtual surround sound uh, in the market.
0: Yeah, look, I, that's a fantastic rundown, I have to say. I do love to geek out on some of the details, and that was a really, really good uh, rundown on that stuff. So you know, when we think about, I guess, at a broader level as well then, you know, what are the – like it's something I've kind of noticed here with with – yeah you know, part of uh trying out some of the headphones is having with one of your the cabled models here the having the two different options for both like the uh you know the unified kind of you know t r r s or t r s type sort of thing or having the split um that it's kind of clearly actually i feel like that little details like this are things that sort of get missed sometimes in terms of making Making the experience work really effectively rather than you know just throwing in an extra little kind of dongle or something which actually feels you yeah, know much less uh helpful than than the way this has been supplied, so yeah, I'd love sort of some of your thoughts on um and I think there's almost a marketing element to this too of sort of making sure you, that you're getting these little details right so that when someone's bought your headphones that they actually feel really kind of pleased by that experience when they open it up and, and realize how nicely it's been put together.
2: Yeah. And I think that, that, I mean, what, what we realized many years ago is that, that we create headsets and nobody buys a headset to sit and look at it because it's beautiful. A headset is an accessory to something else. So we are a part of an experience that a gamer has with a fantastic game or fantastic experience. And, Our part in that is, of course, we need to deliver great audio, we need to deliver great comfort, but we are also, you know, we're that part of the accessory that when you put in your hand, you know something great is coming. It's like unboxing your your favorite tennis racket. It doesn't need – it it cannot feel, you know, junky and, and shabby. It needs to feel like, okay, this is going to be a great experience. So. You know the gaming experience starts the second that you put, put on your headset and you click that start, uh, power button on your device. So so having that whole flow situation from putting your headset on, having the cables look nice, uh, don't have to worry about ten thousand dongles and adapter cables, stuff like that. That that's something that 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 means something for the total experience. We believe. Um, so so that's sort of. Uh, what we were going for and what we are going for, and, and really trying to have some, have a lot of respect for this for this entertainment experience. Because I think gaming sometimes is seen a little bit as a, uh, at least it used to be, maybe a little bit uh, unhealthy pastime experience, or it was looked down. It was not exactly what you shared at the dinner party. Uh, in most cases, you would rather talk about a new movie coming out than a movie uh, than a new game. But I think this is changing. I think people are taking the gaming sessions more serious and and seeing that it's actually a Extremely good way to relax, uh, to be entertained, but also have to have social interaction. And with with that increased focus, also comes increased, uh, you know, demand for accessories and that whole experience of of, of setting up your gaming equipment and having something nice to 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 wear and a, and a good experience going into it. So so that's those are some of the thoughts we put into it.
0: Yeah, that's great. And so, yeah, I mean, Maya, do you see that, uh, you know, is this kind of almost an element of, of good word of mouth marketing in a sense when someone has that great experience and they, they think it's worth kind of pointing out whether it's, you know, online or to their friends? And and I guess attached to this idea is how do you help convince people to stop putting up with, say, an old set of headphones or an old headset and and show them that it's, it's time to upgrade to something actually that's, you yeah, know, really nice and up-to-date?
3: Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest uh, challenge of them all because, you know, how do you... Ideally, we would like everyone to just try one of our headsets or audio equipment just once and, and sit with Andrea so he can really point out, did you feel that? Did you hear that? Did you see the difference? Um, but of course, that's not the reality of the world. So that's one of the big challenges that we're looking into because that's really what we want to do. We want to take on as that challenge and that, you know... Uh, providing that to the to the gamers of saying, okay, how do we how do we demonstrate to you what this will do for your gaming experience? How do you when you don't have the equipment with you? And because audio is is sort a subjective um, measurement in terms of is it good or not? How mm. do we really make it come to life in our communication to the gamers and our interaction with the gamers? Um, how how we really believe that you know the the, the gaming experience can be taken to the next next level when you have the right audio equipment, and and I'll be honest that's that's the huge challenge for rolling out EPAS. and that's really something that you know we put big uh, emphasis on that that's our responsibility to 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 find a way to communicate that to uh, to the user. Word of mouth is is everything uh, as it isn't. It, general uh, in the world today you you know you want to hear from your friends or family or the people you respect that that they had an exciting experience rather than you know see that the brand itself is saying Look what how good we are at this because why wouldn't we say that? Um, So we definitely look into how do we how do we develop that word of mouth how do how do we create a community around the brand where where we have you know people from from our consumers to to influencers and media but but really the consumers as well that we can talk to and and hear what their experience is with the with the with the equipment and the brand and and also uh, them then work with them to kind of facilitate the message. But that's definitely, you know, we want to find that way to show the experience um, so that everyone kind of can get a taste of it and and hopefully be inclined then to, to try it out themselves.
1: Hold up.
0: Um, look, it seems like this is probably a good point to touch on uh, the impacts around the pandemic. It's been horrible for the world. In a lot of respects, it's probably been quite good for some headphone sales. But when you're trying to demonstrate something to people, then obviously they're not going into a store and, and going and having those kinds of hands-on experiences that you might otherwise be able to do. So you know, how have you sort of found, I guess, the push and the pull there of, of what's been going on right now?
3: Uh, I've, in general, um, we are looking to, as any other company, to see how can how can we um, make take advantage of of the online space to invite uh, media and even consumers all the way in to, to meet with us and talk with us and and see demonstrations um, online and in in live streamings, but. We also have the luxury of working with some really uh, exciting esports properties, and you know we look for esports properties to partner with who are as passionate about the audio in gaming as we are, um, and and who wants to communicate that that story and and uh, and impart that knowledge to to the gamers together with us. So we make we really try to make use of our esports properties to come out and and tell the story. Uh, we did. Um, Uh, a series of videos, which we call the audio advantage with one of our properties, which was all about, you know, um, their uh, expert commentators talking about how they use audio um, in gaming to enhance performance. um, And, and, um, uh, and that, I think that's a really good example of, you know, a creative, entertaining, and also a way that doesn't require you physically together to kind of demonstrate um, what our products can do. So we have to be very innovative. um, But definitely some of our working with esports properties and developing this content is is a really good way of doing this.
0: And that's, yeah, that's fantastic. And look, I think, yeah, let's talk a bit more about the the esports area. I mean, as you're saying it's 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 worked quite well it, you know of all the kind of sporting type spaces right now at least it's been able to sort of keep going at a very high level uh through you know online events and things um you know but in your initial thinking about sort of setting up the new brand you know what was it about esports that meant you saw it was an important focus um and you know is there i guess an internal passion there at your team for for working in this category
3: definitely Definitely. Um, we, we have a, a team of, of uh, very passionate gamers um, from all types of game genres and, and, and types of gaming. Um, and we make really good um, usage of that in the team because I think, again, we are a premium audio uh, brand uh, and it's all about imparting the passion we have for gaming into that brand. Um, we we uh we work with our we as i said we look for esports properties that has this passion around audio as we do and and working with them on on telling that story um is 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 key for us, and that's why esports uh, pr- uh, partnerships is is a key pillar in in our whole marketing strategy and how we kind of approach the storytelling around our brand. Uh, and you know, when you when you are able to put together um, passionate esports uh, players and teams and coaches and and even the the, the audio tech. Uh, experts behind the the promotions we work with when you put them together with a product management and PR and marketing team that is equally passionate about gaming then you know magic happens and um, and and we can really dive into some exciting um, storytelling around audio and that's 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 what we're looking for really yeah, and so yeah, you know,
0: here in Australia, there's uh, there's a deal in place with the Oceanic Pro League uh, as part of League of Legends. You know, is that part of like, is there a wider kind of Riot global deal, or was that something that is kind of happening here at the local level? And I guess what other um, esports deals you know do you have in place so far?
3: Uh, so the OPL or or the deal with Riot is a regional one, um, with a key focus on the Australian New Zealand markets. Uh, and it's a really nice way to also testing out, uh, working with Riot's properties. Um, we, we basically, we rather want to do few and then do them really well and put that effort into executing them and not just be uh, a brand on, on the live stream, <laughs> yeah. but actually being someone who works actively with our properties um, and who works towards creating entertaining um, content and, and experiences and, and what have you for, for the gamers. So our we have... Um, OPL uh, in the APAC region, we have uh, Blast. Uh, we're sponsoring that tournament, Blast Pro Series as well. Um, and then we have a couple of teams out of which the biggest brand is definitely Cloud Nine that we recently signed and announced. Um, and that's a that's a huge deal for us. And and we have some really exciting things uh, coming up with them as well. Um, And again, one of the things we're really looking at with them is is we actually have part of that partnership as as our engineers working with the team to look at audio and gaming. And I mean, that's an amazing opportunity for us and really a good example of how how a sponsorship can tap straight into what we are trying to achieve and we can mutually benefit from, from the partnership um and then we have some more uh i'd say more regional local uh team sponsorships with a german team SK gaming and then um the danish team north and we try to do a portfolio that really allows us to to tap into to the game titles where we can really talk about audio um and again with properties that has a relevance in the markets that we're focusing on but mostly uh, most important really is that it's somewhere we can see our values are aligned and they have the same Interest in activating the sponsorship and using it to to provide value to the gamers.
0: Yeah, look, I mean that's a really cool mix of uh, of properties to be sort of associated with. So far, as you say, I think it seems smart to you know yeah. to sort of try something out in a smaller market like ours on one hand, and then. You know, Cloud9 definitely at the other end of the spectrum being one of the biggest brands in the world in this space. Um, yeah, you know, are you seeing already sort of any regional differences or even just the ways in which these different organizations are looking to engage with a headphone brand?
3: Um I think, you know, and, and this is you see it in traditional sports, you see it in e-sports, uh, all organizations, be it teams or promotions. They're really looking to become entertainment brands. Right. And if anything, that is so um, pronounced in gaming uh, and you really see that development, which I think is so exciting. And I think that's a common thread across it all that, you know, they are perceiving themselves as as entertainment properties, Um and it's all about creating that valuable content for for their for their fans um so so there are some commonalities across it and then i think it's more a matter of you know there might be a, a slight difference in in focus on exactly how do they want to bring the audio story to life do they want to bring it to life in terms of you know, specific at product level. Do they want to talk about audio more general? Do they want to talk about it as how it enhance can enhance performance for competitive players? And that's all about us really having a close um, dialogue and and finding out where is that where, where is that uh, key focus for this specific organization that that is of interest for them to talk about and that taps into to their specific uh, focus.
0: Yeah. And look, uh, is there a way that you can kind of then see, you know, is there like a trickle down to other areas uh, that you can kind of see from building a reputation in esports, whether that is for wider gaming or even, you know, is there a crossover here where somebody who buys a headset like this for gaming, uh, you know, knows that it's actually, you know, incredibly valuable to their day to day life now that they probably are spending more time working from home or whatever it might be?
3: So I think you know why why do you build a, a a reputation using sponsorships in general? Well, well, that's all about again illustrating in a very tangible way our dedication to gaming, and and how better to do that than to work with the pros within the within the industry, um, and it, it's where we really want to go with the sponsorship is really showing that you know we. We really take it serious. Uh, when we say we are audio experts, we really want to um, demonstrate that. And, and eSport gives us an opportunity to work with eSports partners on on knowledge around audio in the gaming and, and uh, development of products could even be one thing. Um, and the trickle down effect really lies in that, you know, f- for us, that's a way of... Giving some proof to the gamers that you know when we say we've developed a product which is high audio quality as what you would expect in all other areas of your life when you buy premium audio, but with a dedication to gaming, you can you now have a tangible proof that you can trust us because we work with esports partners that actually wants to work with us because they know we have an expertise within the area. So it it becomes a a bit we really want to want to use it as a bit of a stamp of approval um because you know saying that we're audio experts it's easy uh proving it and proving putting proof points to it is is what we what we need to um take as our responsibility towards the the end user of our products um and that that should hopefully be that it, in the end we are demonstrating that you know we we can deliver all the way up at this level and and that is what trickles down into the product that you buy and use in your home, where we thought about everything from giving you the best audio experience, uh, both from it could be get a, a better gaming experience, but you know all the way to developing um, headsets that prevents hearing fatigue uh, and and actually make sure that that it it's it's healthy and good for you if you want to take it all the way to that to that um, extreme. So. It becomes a stamp of approval and a proof point for, for our claim.
0: Yeah. um, And, you know, Andres, with uh, the the way, I guess, that you're designing these sorts of headsets, you know, is there an element there of, you know, are there certain uh, headsets in the range that, you know, are better suited for kind of crossover day-to-day type work? Or, you know, are you always thinking about how, you know, how I guess the, the overall versatility uh, alongside the sort of gaming credentials that uh, a headset can be?
2: Well they're first and foremost designed to be a gaming headset that that's that's the the key. I think there's a lot of people that also uh, tend to use them for for uh, uh, for conference calls and and, and, uh, and all these work related stuff now that they're stuck at home um, so, and they're great for that there's no doubt about it uh, but if you uh, would bring for example the one you're sitting with the 602 and bring that to a metro. And try to have a call that that would not be designed for that. Uh, so, so so that's a that's a whole other ball game. So they're first and foremost designed for for be a gaming headset. But when you then look at the the use case for for uh, you know doing a three hour raid in, in in World of Warcraft or doing a three hour workshop, the the, the it's not so different uh, um, requirement. It has to be super comfortable. It has to be it has to be easy to maneuver with it. In it so so for example, our lift to mute that's that's extremely nice to have in a Conference call just as it is in a in a in a raid right because you just want a simple way to know okay now they can't hear me I can uh, I can I can shout at the kids or whatever I want to do uh, in the background uh, so so there's a lot of overlap of course uh, there and, and I think that uh, if you dig down into Steam. Uh, and see the steam data you'll also uh somewhat realize that uh, not everybody has only been working from home um it seems like there's also a somewhat increase in people who have been uh, gaming a little bit from home so uh so so there is a there is an overlap there i think for sure
0: <laughs> yeah and look i mean on the road ahead i think is a good place to wrap up you know what what do you feel like are the unsolved challenges of this space you know are there elements here that you you think are still important to work on at a technical level in the you know in the year ahead or is it is it mostly now the big mission is the uh you know the marketing and building that uh, reputation side
2: i think i think there's more to be done in in the sound experience uh, in general uh, so so we're not we're we not there i mean we do we do great stereo headsets that's for sure we want to do a lot more when it comes to Surround sound and personalization in, in that field. So, so that's definitely something that we're looking into. Then, as always, we're seeing, um, you know, wearing styles are always changing. So, so you know, for ten years it's uh, it's uh, on ear, uh, then it becomes around the ear, then it becomes in ear again. So, we're always uh, trying to to look out for what is actually p- popular in the market and what do, what are people going for in terms of wearing styles when it comes to audio. And then there's a, uh, I think we are getting a lot of opportunities from the technology sector with more powerful chips, with more powerful algorithms and AI when it comes to, to voice pickup and microphone and, and you know noise removal. So that's definitely something that we will continue to be pushing because if if uh, if if the current trend is, is is continuing, then gaming will not only be done in your living room or in your office room. It will also be doing going on on the go in a metro and whatsoever. So maybe it's not so unrealistic anymore to consider a guy sitting in a metro, but also having a 5v5 Fortnite game going on through a 5G connection, right? So, so five years ago, that would have been completely unrealistic with the phones we had back then. But now it's no longer that unrealistic, and maybe we need to think of heads that can actually be used outside of the house also uh, for for stuff like that. So 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 there's different trends that we are trying to follow and, and and develop for.
3: Cool. Yeah. Then I think that that from a brand level, you know, it's. It's not an easy task to claim that you want to roll out a new brand. And I I think I really want to see that, you know, this is a space and a category gaming in general that many brands is tapping, latching on to now. We have a very tangible link into why we are in gaming. But I also think that, you know, we owe it to the end user and to the gamers to really prove that, you know, it's not just we walk the talk. And, and that's a matter of all the way from the products we deliver uh, to our um, audio philosophy, our uh, vision and mission for being in this space to, you know, rolling out a, a trustworthy brand that delivers on on what we claim. And I think that's something that, you know. We owe that to the, to the end user, uh, especially in a category like this where a lot of brands are, are, are seeing money and they jump into it.
0: Yeah. And look, I, I mean, a parting thought from each of you, if you have any thought, one thing that I kind of wonder almost as a parting thought is, you know, is there something someone can, uh, you know, actively sort of think about when they're wearing whatever Old headphones they might be using uh, that might help them to kind of realize oh actually yeah it isn't so great at, at certain things is there yeah you are know, there things they should check out doing or um, yeah any other sort of thoughts you have on on encouraging people to sort of think about if if it might be if they might be due to go and and look for something new like this
2: I think one one test that uh, that uh, you know every time people get a new headset. They they put on YouTube and, and search for some random audio test that they've never heard before. You know what the thing you really should be doing is you should uh, call your mother up and then listen to her voice because that's something you know by heart exactly how should listen, <laughs> and then you can actually detect how good a headset is at, at, at giving you that natural that's sound. Right. So for me it's a it's a Beatles song, but but uh, your mother's voice is also a pretty uh, pretty good test of a, of a headphone.
0: Only from Rustolium.
1: Hold up.